with us, Yara. Hello, this is Allie. And this is the Goddess Vibration. Welcome back, you guys. We are actually continuing on in our trauma series. Last time we talked about, I believe it was the neglect wound that we discussed. Um, so if you didn't catch that episode, please do. Because there's a lot of very, very valuable information in that particular episode. And me and Ali are under the impression that almost everyone in some part of their being carries some type of neglect wound, whether it's neglect from childhood or you neglecting yourself. Um, please too go ahead and listen to that episode. We also did a prior episode on the trust wound. So we talked about how that can affect you, what that looks like. Today, we're going to talk about the rejection wound, which is another inner child wound. And I do have a lot I want to share about that particular wound because I have been affected by that, not only physically from um, not necessarily my childhood. I, I did have a little bit of that in my childhood, but I was affected by that in the physical because it was a wound that I incarnated with in this lifetime. So... The story behind that is going to be very juicy. Uh, I talked a little bit about this in one of the prior episodes, but I'm going to add a little bit more detail in this one because I know you guys are very, very curious. So this should be very interesting. It definitely will be interesting. Our souls have some interesting histories and stories. <laughs> We've been through a lot, like... I mean, I've been through a lot with Tiara's soul and this other entity that we're going to bring up later in the episode. And I can't stress enough. And I hope you guys aren't like sick of me talking about this, but I cannot stress enough that our journeys are so complex. Like there's so much more that goes into it than this incarnation and I'm I probably will never stop saying that because I'm telling you guys like we just go through so many things that we carry over from lifetime to lifetime and when we had talked about reincarnation in that archangel story it's coming to earth is very difficult because they it's like amnesia it's like you're born and you lose and you lose all those memories and you lose all that knowledge and it's just like clean slates try again start over and it's like all these emotions and all these things are there and you don't know why they're there and you're just like oh when is the cycle gonna end we we've all been there as you just heard tiara she hates it. She thinks this is a scam. Yeah. You were just saying, when is the cycle going to end? It doesn't. It never ends. It doesn't end. So forget about it. So, yeah. Un unfortunately, she might be right. I think it does end, though. I think, like, my soul story is proof that it does end. But it's not easy. You know, I'm convinced that a lot of souls that are here right now are here for, like, redemption or it's like their last chance or they need to like overcome something they've been struggling with for many lifetimes i think a lot of souls are on similar like not circumstances but just like the you know the dynamics are, are, are kind of similar that's just my theory 
and then of course you have a lot of souls who are here that are helping you know with the ascension and there's a lot of star seeds here and so forth um, but i do think that a lot of the the human souls that are here are like overcoming something really difficult i would agree with you there yeah in terms of like you know other beings being here i'm just going to name off a few there are many star seeds here there's also ascended masters who have incarnations there are archangels who have reincarnations there's even some gods who are incarnate right now to help with this global ascension process and to fight in this lovely spiritual and physical war that we are currently in Speaking of that, why did I get in a total fight on Twitter with this guy who swears that he is channeling Pleiadians? Um, I'm not going to say who he is, but he... Wait, you got into this fight? <laughs> yes. On this t- is the on first Twitter. I'm hearing about this. <laughs> I know, I know. So this was like a day ago, and it wasn't that long. It was, it was relatively brief. Um, and this guy, he posts on Twitter, and he says stuff like, oh... You know, everyone who's here is going to ascend and everyone, regardless of your frequency, is going to go to 5D and there's no such thing as hell. And he's saying this in mass, right? So like a huge following. And I'm just like, this is not accurate information. So I, I just like responded to one of his posts. I think he had said something like along those lines. Um, and I was like, you couldn't be further from the truth. Like, this isn't accurate information, you know. And he was talking, he kept talking about the Galactic Federation. I guess he channels beings who claim to be from the Galactic Federation. And, you know, we know that there are deceivers out there. Uh, But that's what he was saying. And I was like, you know, where do you think the fallen angels went? And then he was like, well, hell isn't a real place. It was just something that was created to scare humans and... You know, it was created as a form of control, and it doesn't exist. And I'm just like, okay, so where are these fallen angels? And he was like, oh, well, the Galactic Federation has them in prison. And I was like, you do know that there are, like, tons and tons of governing bodies in the universe beyond the Galactic Federation. And he was like, no, where did you get that information? You're just making up stuff. You're not accurate. Oh, my God. And I was like... Okay, buddy. Like, I know that a lot of souls here are not going to ascend. And the ones that choose not to ascend are going to go where they're going to go. So, why are you sharing this stuff? And then he blocks me. <laughs> oh, shock. Shocker. <laughs> all right. All right. And so, yeah, I had this whole thing. I was so irritated, too, because I'm like, these are the people that are spreading misinformation and disinformation to people. And it's just causing problems, right? Like, especially people who want the truth. And, you know, unfortunately, on Twitter, you can do that and create your own little echo chamber. So, you know, I I didn't really, I don't think I had much of an impact. He probably thought I was some type of psycho. But, (laughs) yeah, I I had that whole, and he asked me, too. He was like, this is so stupid, because why would you ask me a question and then block me? So he asked me, he was like, where are you getting that information? And I was like, well, a lot of this information is written in ancient texts, but beyond that, it's none of your business. But I couldn't respond because he had blocked me at that time. And I was like, okay, you you asked me a question and then you blocked me. Good job, buddy. I'm I'm just going to be honest here. I have met lots and lots and lots of people 
from all over the world who do honestly believe that hell is not a real place and that it doesn't exist. Right. And I'm just like, where does that come from? Because I I know like the biblical texts talk about hell as a place. So I'm like, what texts are saying hell doesn't exist? Like, where is that coming from? I, I, I honestly don't know. But neither do I. I mean, you know more about ancient texts than I do too. So I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. So I'd be curious to know like why, where that comes from, but he's spreading it in mass. So, and he had said, he was like, well, what kind of loving God would send people to torture and burn for eternity? I was like, I don't know, buddy. Who knows if it's even up to him? You know, I don't fucking know. I just know (laughs) that the Bible says that it's a place. I know it is a place. Why are you spreading this nonsense? But, you know, of course, nothing came of that. He just got mad and assumed I was a psycho. No, I hear what you're saying, but I'm, I mean, you just also confirmed our point of there are tons of people out there who don't believe it's a place or that it really exists. You know, I'm almost wondering if that belief is rooted in some type of like mind control or like mass manipulation from the cabal. I wouldn't, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to share that little interaction that I had on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter that often. I just kind of pop on to see what's going on with like crypto and, you know, if war is going to break out. Actually, Twitter is a good place to go if you want to know when and if war is going to break out because they're all obsessed with that. Um, I don't really say much. I just kind of monitor and look around um, because every time I do say something, it turns into a fight. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't engage much on Twitter. But anyway, Twitter is its own little world. It definitely is. I, I don't have a Twitter account. I've actually never spent like any time on Twitter. I, I barely even know what Twitter is. Yeah. I've dabbled in most of the social media platforms, like the bigger ones. I didn't much get into Snapchat. I had a Snapchat, but I just, I did not get into it. I couldn't understand the appeal. I thought it was stupid, but I know that that's a big thing for some demographics out there. Yeah, I couldn't get into Snapchat either. I really don't get into much. Like, I really spend the majority of my time on TikTok unless I'm promoting on Instagram for our our podcast. Yeah, I honestly don't think I'm narcissistic enough for most of these social media platforms. No offense to you guys out there who, you know, that's your thing. I just feel like if it's like the type of thing where you're like, oh, me, 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 I, 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 look, look, look. There's, There's a component of narcissism that goes into that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying, like, I just personally don't have that level of narcissism. That's fair. I don't either. I just, honestly, I, it is, there is so much negative energy on these social media platforms. And I am just not into negative energy. And that's why I stepped away from all of them. Like, I shut down my Facebook and I just, I was fighting signing up for even social media and tiara is like well if you're gonna have a business you kind of need social media and her and i like i put it off for like a year so (laughs) speaking of that i'm gonna have to create i freaking hate facebook i'm sorry you guys i i don't like facebook i only really have one to stay in touch with like family i have friends on there but you know i don't really consider them friends um and i'm gonna have to create a page to do because remember ali i was wanting to do like the the lead generation campaign to get some leads for my business. 
I'm going to have to pay to Facebook to do it. I'm kind of irritated about it. Have but. fun with that. I okay. support you. Well, shit, you're going to probably have to do so too at some point if you want leads or you want to do social media marketing for your business. Just FYI. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I haven't gotten to that bridge yet. We'll see. Okay. So I want to share a little bit about where I think for myself, my rejection wound came from. Because earlier I stated that it was something I incarnated with. And for a long time, I didn't know it was there. Um, And as I think about like that particular wound, I, I recognize how it affected me. But sadly, I also recognize how it affected some men in my lives. Um, so she's a man destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to laugh, but like I was doing a little research about this and like women who have this wound don't see their 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 worth and they don't see their attractiveness. Right. Like you assume that you're not attractive or desirable in any way. So when you get attention from men, you don't understand it. You're just like, why is this fucking guy here talking to me? <laughs> and, you know, unfortunately, that's, that, that was a lot of my experiences. So Ellie says I'm a man destroyer. I don't know if I take it that far. Um, there was I'm just, just couple, quoting you. I'm just you're, quoting you're, her. You're right. Like, part of me was like, am I destroying men? Hell, I don't know. I had no fucking idea. I was just living my life, my best life, and somehow men were getting destroyed. And <laughs> I was like, I don't understand. What am I doing? Um, but anyway, before I get to that, I do want to talk a little bit about my soul. So as strange as it sounds, technically I have two souls. I have soul A, who was the soul that I was before I split from trauma. And then soul B is the split soul with which I am currently incarnate. We also have a soul C, which is the other part of my splits, who is incarnate elsewhere and another individual. I might talk about him a little bit here, but for now we're going to focus on soul A and soul B. So at some points, thousands of years ago, soul A was romantically involved with an archangel. Yes, an archangel. Now. I'm going to share a little bit about why this is considered a forbidden connection. If you go back to the creation of humanity, and a lot of this is written in the Bible, there was a rebellion that happened when God created man because a subset of the angels interfered and mingled with man and had sex with the women and did other things against God's will. And at some point, God was like, oh, no, no, we got to stop all this. I need to wipe this slate clean. We need to stop this and fix it. So those angels who did that were considered those who rebelled. There was one third of them. And the Bible will say that one third of the angels fell from heaven. So when they're saying that that's what they mean is that these angels were cast out to hell for having rebelled against God. And then from that point forward, such connections were deemed forbidden. Like angels can't interact with humans anymore. So that was there. That was in place. At, I don't really know this full timeline. I, I'm just sharing the tidbits of information that I do know in regards to that because, you know, in these higher etheric realms, time doesn't exist the way it does to us. It's not linear. It's, it's more like cyclical, multiple cycles of time that sort of happen. It's, it's, it's weird. 
So at some point, Soul A meets such and such archangel, and there is an intense pool, right? Like I, 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 I am a split soul and a twin soul, or you know, technically it's the same thing. Terms are used interchangeably. So I kind of know what that pool feels like. They experience this pool to each other to the point where they got romantically linked. Um, it was a very passionate, the term I heard was passionate affair. Um, essentially that's what it was. I don't know how long this went on, but Soul A is convinced that this was like a relationship, right? Like that's what she was convinced of. So this goes on for some time. And at some point, such and such archangel gets involved with another being that you know he falls in love with. So A doesn't take this very kindly, right? So she's just like, betrayal, 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 how dare you, blah, blah, blah. And so A goes after the other woman. So the way that she goes after her is in very heinous, like destructive, terrible, terrible ways, right? While this is happening, there is some part of her that feels like this archangel is like, I hate to say turning against her, but in some ways it kind of felt like that way, particularly when she started to go after the third party. Um, I, I think that there was a lot of negative sentiments that they had towards each other, Soul A and this archangel, and I think it kind of spiraled to the point where the sentiments that they felt towards each other became very negative, it became very toxic. And he went and said things about her, some of which perhaps were not true. And it sort of spiraled into this dynamic where Soul A felt like a lot of entities were being turned against her, that um, a lot of the things that she wanted and needed were being neglected. So she felt in a sense, abandoned, like she needed to take matters into her own hands and lost complete trust and faith in just about everyone, which is very, very unfortunate because that leads to an abandonment wound. Well, when you have been rejected by the being you think to be, you know, your counterpart, it, particularly for her, created a very, very deep rejection wound. So at some point, these two entities are put into a soul family to learn specific lessons. And soul A, for whatever reason, with the rejection wound intact, decides to curse members of the soul family. This leads to thousands of years of karma, because obviously when you do that kind of thing, there are consequences, right? Every action has a reaction um, and, a con and or a consequence. So. The part of this story that led to her split was when members of that specific soul family retaliated by cursing her. Um, there were three of them. And they uh, cursed her by sacrificing her to a demon, locking her into a negative karmic spiral with another member of the soul family. This negative karmic cycle went on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. and. The trauma from that interaction was so extensive that eventually the soul had no choice but to split. When that split happened is when things shifted because now the process shifted from that to 
needed to get to merge. The part of this that I left out and I did because I'm not sure if I'm gonna have to cut this out later in post um, is that <clears throat> that particular archangel wanted her stopped, wanted Soul A stopped, wanted her to stop her actions and her behaviors and felt that one of the best ways to do that was to curse her and to have her split, which also has karmic consequences, but I'm not going to get into that in this episode. Um, so I want to go a little bit, turn attention a little bit to the rejection bone because that ended up for my soul being very, very deep and very significant. And it was also very, very difficult to navigate because I had never heard of a rejection wound. I, I had heard of some of the other wounds, but this one was one like I had only recently discovered, like maybe within the last month, I've discovered what the fuck a rejection wound is. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to share a little bit of information I have in regard to the rejection wounds because it's actually very interesting. Um, and it mostly manifests itself in love or in dynamics that are related to love, which makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, especially for her, because the whole thing started over a love-based relationship. Um, and there's been a very similar, like the abandon, abandonment wound is very similar to the rejection wound. So I wanna share a little bit about what the rejection wound is. The rejection wound is considered a universal wound and it's very common. Usually it originates very early in life this actually says from the moment of conception, it can manifest, which I think is really interesting. Um, it can come from feeling a feeling of not being accepted or being rejected by a parent or a caregiver. Typically, again, this is when a, a child or a younger individual is experiencing it. Usually, this is someone who feels undeserving of affection or understanding. They feel undesirable, or they might also feel worthless. I think I had all of that. Really? Yes. I'm just going to give a few examples of how it can look and, and different ways that it can show up in your life. You hold back from putting yourself forward for things um, because you just assume you'll get rejected. I did that. You take rejection to heart and that can affect you deeply. I did that. You're dissatisfied, dissatisfied with who you are. I had some of that. You see yourself as a meaningless person, someone who is not worthy. Yep. You have a lack of self-respect, which can turn, this is, ugh, I hate how this is worded, which can in turn mean poor personal boundaries. I didn't have that too much. You have moments when you consider yourself a family freak. Yes. You have a tendency to escape into alcohol, drugs, sudden trips, virtual games, anything to escape your current reality. Yes. You have a rich imagination. You like to create an alternative reality for yourself. Yes. Your tendency to withdraw from others can lead to isolation and loneliness. Yes. You anchor in the material world by being busy and giving yourself plenty of things to do. Yes. You're a perfectionist. Yes. I had all of these, except maybe one, every single one, and had no clue why. No clue. And when did you discover that all of this was there? Well, I discovered all of this gradually over the last couple of years of my spiritual journey. I just didn't know that it originated from a rejection wound. 
Now, interestingly, I, I mentioned earlier how this can manifest in love. There have, I, I mentioned that I, I sort of have like this thing where I didn't feel desirable. And that's true. I, I didn't really feel desirable, but it wasn't to the point where I was like, you know, I wasn't capable of a boyfriend or getting a boyfriend. It was more like when men were interested or showed interest or attraction, I didn't see it. And so my twin soul was one of those individuals who showed that interest, right? Which makes sense. We're twin souls. We had that deep pull to each other. And I had that too. I felt that too. But when he made the move to want something more and to want something more serious, I subconsciously rejected that. I didn't, at the conscious level to me, I was just like, you know, I don't really do the long distance relationship thing. It's just not something I think will work for me. That was my excuse at the conscious level. At the subconscious level, it was the rejection wound manifesting. But I didn't know that at the time. It was 11, like 11, 12 years ago. I had no idea. That actually affected him very, very deeply. To lie and say that it didn't, but it did. I also had another experience with an individual when I was in community college who showed interest. And cute guy. Like, I, I actually liked him. And our interactions were really fun and engaging. And then when he made that move to, like, I guess this was his way of asking me out. I think he asked me to study. Um, in my head, that was a booty call. And I was like, <laughs> what kind of a woman do you fucking think I am? And I said no. To even study. though I liked him. And even to though I was attracted to him. Wait, wait, wait. Um, you turned down a guy who wanted to study? Yes. Like actually study or like No, of course, he didn't, want to, of course uh. he didn't want to study. <laughs> and I knew that he didn't want to study. But... That was his way of making that first move. And I didn't realize that there was a deeper attraction that he had. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't see it. So I was just like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> so like when men have talked to me and they've been like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Or there's some attraction. My reaction is typically just like, what the fuck are you talking about? But go away. Now, as I've gotten older, I recognize that. I see that pattern. I have worked to break that. I'm doing better at gauging when people and men are attracted and when they're showing interest. I think I've gotten a lot better. It's just when you have a rejection wound, again, you just don't see that kind of stuff. Um, that was interesting because that list mentioned one that was very significant for me. Well, all of them were relatively significant. But taking rejection to heart and then holding yourself back from putting yourself forward for things because you assume you will get rejected. I did that in many things when it came to a lot of the dreams that I had. Um, for example, I wanted to be a doctor. I could have done it. I had the personality to do it. I needed a little bit of help with math, but I could have gotten it. I was a science master. And some part of me was just like, you'll never get there, ever. And I took that to heart. And I didn't even attempt to take the MCAT, I, the medical exam. I should have, um, but I didn't. I had dreams of studying overseas, and I applied to a very specific program for that. And it was the type of program where, like, almost everyone gets rejected the first time. And when I got rejected the first time, I took it serious. I was like, I'll never be able to do this ever again. And I just didn't do it again. Didn't apply. Didn't reapply. Um, 
I have lost a lot of opportunities because of this wound. And I do think that my twin soul has been affected by this wound too, which is crazy because he's so incredibly talented. He created an album a couple of years ago and a lot of the songs are beautiful, like beautiful. And hasn't been able to tap back into that creativity since then because I think that at some point he felt like he couldn't do it again or he wasn't capable of it again. And I honestly do think perhaps it was the rejection wound manifesting on his end in that manner. Do you know why he like dropped off with it? Like dropped off with the music? Was it just one day he just decided this isn't for me or is it something more complex? Because I remember you saying like he was being recognized by other artists. Like if he wanted, if he would have kept going and if he was persistent about it and believed in himself, like you had no doubt in your mind, he would have made it. Oh yes, absolutely. From what I can tell, it, it feels similar to what I experienced. You know, he had that one album that he created, but there is a part of him that feels like he's not capable of that anymore. So he subconsciously rejects that it's anything he should do. Um, and that's the per- like the destructive thing about the rejection wound is that it will stop you from doing so many things. Um, so many things. It's, it's actually, in my opinion, one of the worst wounds one can carry. I mean, they're all terrible. But I don't know. There's just something about that rejection wound that's so pernicious. Like, per- what's the word? Per- Pernicious? Pernicious? No. Okay, we're going to uh, edit that out. Yeah, I don't, um, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know where you were going there. Um, so, yeah, I honestly think he, at the subconscious level, has rejected himself and rejects that he's capable of that ever, of ever doing anything like that again, which wouldn't be surprising for someone who's carrying that type of wound. Hmm. That is all very interesting. And I'm sorry that if, as she was describing the story with talking about three different souls, confuses you. Oh, it, I know. It's a confusing story. It's a confusing history. It's a confusing story. We took over a year to unravel it. And guess what? We're still unraveling. Speaking of this particular story, no, you will never know which archangel it was. So do not ask. And. I just, I can sense that you guys are going to want to know. No, you, you'll never know that. Sorry. Um, but yes, we are still unraveling a little bit of it, a little bit more of it. I think we have most of it, but there's just like a little, a little more tidbits that we need to unravel before we can like really say, okay, we've got this whole thing. Um, uh, there's something well. else I wanted to talk about, but I forgot. I would say oh. for oh Sorry, you ahead. remember oh no I was just gonna say like I would say for me the whole talking about the rejection wound and I will say something about wounds in general like the trust wound the neglect wound the rejection wound and the abandonment wound a lot of these symptoms all intertwine with each other yes so that's really important for our listeners to know that it's like you could have bits and pieces of all of these wounds that make up your trauma. So yes, it is really important to know that, that like, because 
as she was talking, I would say out of all of the four traumas that we're talking about, rejection is the least that I probably resonate with or have experienced. But I will say that there are bits and pieces of everything that Tiara just talked about that I see in myself. Like one of them is I how Tiara wanted to be a doctor. I easily, easily could have been a lawyer. Mm. And I the only thing that kept me going down that route was the eight more years of school. Uh, I did not want to do it. I didn't want to put myself in that amount of debt. I just looked at it and was like, it's not worth me putting that amount of debt in. The LSAT I know is incredibly difficult. I was just like, I don't know. I don't. It really was just a money thing. I wish our world wasn't so expensive and like drives our decisions because it really does hold people back from moving forward. And I, I think for me, it wasn't so much about the rejection wound. It was just, am I going to, because if I don't make it as a lawyer and I'm going to be in over a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, I'm going to be scraping and trying to make ends meet. And I was like, do I want to take that risk? So like for me, I'm very like risk assessment. I've always been that way. I have a very like logical, methodical brain. And it's really interesting that I do because I did grow up in a quite spiritual household where like, you know, both of my parents were always like, just go with the flow. And I was just like, no, that, that just wasn't my personality. Um, and yeah. it wasn't until like I really fell into like my deep spirituality journey that I was just like, Oh, okay. I, I, I understand this whole go with the flow thing. And I understand like how much better my life is going with the flow than constantly like analyzing and like pitting all these ideas against me. So I will say that I can't say that it was the rejection moon that made me not want to become a lawyer. It was more, the statistics of it and like being successful versus the debt versus quality of life. Um, but I will say one thing that I, that I definitely resonate with what Tiara was saying was I didn't see my own beauty mm. and I didn't see, I didn't see it for a long time. You guys like probably until my twenties. And I think that's just because of the environment that I grew up in, like constantly being bullied, like constantly being told that I'm weird, constantly like people making fun of the way that I looked. Well, those are all very like those are all deep insecurities that I experienced since childhood. So I was mm. just carrying that with me. So when you carry that as an adult, you're just like when people give you a compliment or when people are looking at you and you're just like, why are you looking at me? Like, I'm yeah. just I'm just. <laughs> I'm not what you I don't see what you see and so I definitely yeah. carried that portion of the rejection wound um so that's just kind of my two cents and perspective and opinion on the rejection wound you know I had that that thinking too in regards to how expensive medical school would be because it would have been just as expensive as law school if not more so so, you know, that was kind of my excuse, like, oh, it's so expensive anyway, even though I knew, like, damn well I could have done it. But, like, you know, it, it, $250,000 plus a student loan debt does not sound appetizing to anyone. No. Like, yeah. who wants to do that? Like, who wants, like, 
I admire those people who go after it. But if you do not become successful in that field, you are always going to be behind needing to catch up. Oh, yes. And even then you need to go into a specialization because primary care medicine doesn't even pay enough to pay off the debt. So it's just like, well, shit, like you're, you're if you want to go into that specific line of medicine, like you, you need to figure out how to do it without so much debt. And that's another conundrum. And it's why does a doctor shortage? Like no one wants that debt, you know, like they have to import doctors from other countries to come here and be doctors because no one here wants to do it. That's sad. Well, because no one wants to, because I think that we're going to get off topic for a second here, but I think that the Gen Zers, the Gen Zs have realized like watching their parents struggle and especially in today's economy, because I came across a TikTok where Gen Z are choosing life over working right now. Yes, I saw and that. I, and I've been seeing all these arguments as to why. And I don't blame the Gen Zs for wanting to, you know, live while they're young and live while they can enjoy life before entering the workforce and working until they're 70. Because right. if they do push back the retirement age until 70 well in america specifically the life expectancy is what 76 77 (laughs) so you're gonna make so you're gonna make me work until i'm 70 when i don't have my youth when my body doesn't like maneuver the way it would as it does now what the hell am i gonna do for that six and seven years like sit in a retirement home thinking about all those years that i lost because i was imprisoned in this system that you the labor system that you've created for me yeah so I'm just saying like I think I don't blame them they are learning from gen y gen z the baby boomers they are learning like what an insane amount of debt looks like and they're just like nah that's not for me and I don't blame them are gen zers not going to college like the millennials did no they're not going to college they're not entering the workforce they are just you know they're they're trying to become influencers because i mean dude influencers make an insane amount of money i don't understand where the imbalance is but like that's what every and everyone's just like i don't need school for that i as long as i make good content i get paid really well well that's true uh you know i I can't knock it because i'm of the same belief like i don't want to work till 70 so you know i uh, I fought with myself about it and I fought with the universe too about escaping that hustle and bustle and that work grind, nine to five work grind. And I'm so glad I did because there is no part of me that wants to go back to that or wants to work till I'm 70, like no part of me at all. And it's so funny because my mom is from that generation that did the nine to five for like, what do you work? 40 years, nine to five, 40 40 years. years. Yeah. 40 years. And she was like, oh, well, you know, you can just work till retirement and you'll have a good retirement pension in place. And I'm just like, mom, no one wants to do that. I don't want to do that. That's a scam. I'm not doing it. No, but here's the here's the thing about the retirement. Like, that's great. If your mom's your mom sounds like a baby boomer, that is in place for baby boomers. Anyone after baby boomer, like I have friends who are Gen X and they're like, uh, I don't even think there's going to be any social security left. So all the promises that were made after the boom baby boomers, where's that funding going to come from? How can I retire? And so like the writings on the wall, 
And if you pay just a glimmer of attention to the writing on the wall, it's like, we're screwed. We are absolutely screwed. And so all these people are making all these decisions that, which are not making companies happy, but whatever, I don't care. So like, (laughs) (laughs) um, but it's true. It's like the writings on the wall. Like, who's to say that there's going to be any pension left? Who says there's going to be any social security left? Like, what are our younger generations are funding the baby boomers to retire comfortably? But what happens when that money runs out? Who's going to be taking care of us? And here's where the population comes. In. It's a it's a food chain, you guys. It's a complete chain. So that's why they are always urging the younger generations after us because. TR and I are Gen Y to get out there working, keep funding the social security, keep funding the pensions, because I think governments do know, hey, the Gen Ys are definitely going to be screwed. And then the Gen Zs are going to be even more screwed. And then <laughs> after the generation after them is going to be even more screwed. Like the system's completely broken. Oh, absolutely. And she, you know, she lives in California. So I already know that they don't have enough money to pay all those pensions. And they've been talking about for years how they don't. So I don't know if she's going to even get all of her retirement. She's supposed to retire in like a year. Um, and she keeps saying, you know, I got to get out of there before they take all my money. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you better hurry up. No, it's true, though. And this is like and this is what I'm saying. Like the system's so broken. And listen, I broke free in 2015 of the nine to five I actually tried to go back to it last year and the universe like pushed me out like Mm. so fast I can't even tell you how fast it was and I was just like well okay I guess (laughs) it's uh time to figure out something else it's so funny because I was like you know interacting and talking to her that entire time and I was just like oh my god that's a cluster over there I don't know what the universe is doing to you girl but you might want to start listening Oh, I listened. I absolutely did. So now, you know, TR and I obviously started the podcast and now we're headed with like, you know, we're looking into really honestly building a community that we're hoping on launching soon. And we have some other things planned. So it's all a work in progress. It is. Um, So I want to talk about like for any of you guys who feel like you might have a rejection wound, what you can do to navigate it. Honestly, it's it's you're going to really have to know that that's what it is before you can really start working through it because once you know that it's a rejection wound, that in and of itself will sh- shift your perspective a little bit and things will start to make sense as far as some of the ways that you interacted with others, um your relationships, how you treated yourself. It'll start to make sense when you know that that's where it's coming from. So, one of the things that I did that's been really effective for me is write a letter to myself um, in regards to the rejection wound and like a letter of self-acceptance. So instead of, you know, necessarily addressing the rejection wound specifically, you are writing a letter to yourself saying how you are worthy and how you accept yourself and how you will no longer, you know, reject yourself in the ways that you did. Um, it also did help, and I, I'm sure, you know, for some other people who perhaps experience rejection from a caregiver, it might help to also write a letter to that individual. Now, I'm not saying write it and give it to them. You don't have to do that. But just write it and give it to the universe or write it and burn it or write it and bury it. Um, 
And that in and of itself will release a lot. It, it really will. It absolutely will. I started writing letters and I actually told Tiara how good I felt. And I know Tiara had a lot of like emotions and things that she needed to get off her chest towards one of her divine masculines. And I didn't take it as far as she did. Like I wrote my letter and like I definitely expressed myself and that felt great. But then Tiara wrote hers and she was like, you know what? I'm going to try this whole letter thing. And then she wrote hers and then she was like, I'm going to burn it. Oh, yeah. I said that bitch on fire. Yeah. So she messages me and I I was like, did you write your letter? She was like, oh, she's like, not only did I write it, but I burned it. And I was just like, how did that feel? (laughs) And she was like, that felt amazing. I literally sat there and watched it burn until it turned into ashes and it felt so good. So, I mean, if you want to go that extreme, like, have at it. It, It's it's very gratifying. Like, you know, I'm not going to lie to you guys. It, it, It feels good. Um, if you feel like you need something more extensive, then yeah, look at getting a therapist to help you navigate through that wounds. And, you know, it's 2024 and they've gotten very creative as far as providing affordable ways for people to talk to therapists. I think there's some chat features that you can use that will allow you to speak to a therapist for like a specific amount of time for a relatively low cost. So there are options out there. Um, this is just one of the ways that I explore the rejection wound and it's something that worked for myself. Same. Yeah. So I know that this wound is also affecting soul C or my twin soul in very specific ways. I'm aware of just a few of the ways. I don't know every single way that this is affecting him, but I know now that we've talked through it, I do see this in him as well. So it's, um, it's unfortunate, but it is something that you can navigate through. It's just going to take time. It's going to take patience. And perhaps most importantly, it's going to take compassion and being compassionate towards yourself. Because those of us with that rejection wound, showing ourselves compassion is the last thing we do. We don't. We don't show any compassion towards ourselves. And I didn't for a very long time. So I had to learn how to give that compassion back to myself because you have to do that first before you will even accept compassion from another individual. I would believe that. I would say that another like key factor, this is like the key factor above all. You have to have the self-awareness. Oh, absolutely. Because without the self-awareness, you guys, like, you're not going to get anywhere, literally. And I'm not, that's not just with the rejection wound. That is with anything. And I would say that unless, like, you're really in tune with your feelings or you're an empath or you're really in tune with your in- intuition, I would say that so many people out there, as unfortunate as this is, though, so many people lack self-awareness. Right. Absolutely. So without that self-awareness, like, it all starts there. You cannot move forward in any of the healing if you do not have that self-awareness and say something is wrong. And then it's like, that's the first step. And then the next step is, okay, figuring out what's wrong and then figuring out, okay, why is that there? And then it's just, it, it's a whole unraveling. It's a whole, it, 
it it's hard. It's such a hard journey. And I, I understand like why so many people run from it. I mean, I ran from it in my teens. I definitely ran from it. I did not want to look at myself. I just felt comfortable running. And so I just kept running. And then as my mother always said to me, she was like, you can put thousands of miles between you and what you think is the problem. But the problem is, is that those problems are always going to follow you. They are always going to catch up to you. And until you are willing to stop and look at yourself, you are just going to stay in this very low vibrational state. And of course, like I was a teenager, I was like, okay, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) But come my 20s, like, you know, 23, 24, a few years later, I finally figured out what all that wisdom and all that knowledge, I finally figured out what she meant. That's such good advice. And it makes total sense. Like she was spot on with that. I'm glad. Absolutely. Oh, me too. Yeah. So self-awareness, you guys, is like, honestly, it's, it is the number one thing that you have to do or obtain or whatever it is to get yourself there before any of those other steps can happen. Yes. So I wasn't sure how long that whole story and this whole thing was going to go, but it's right on the money. So we talked in the past about starting up a community. I think we are going to move forward with that. I think we know how we want to structure it. What we don't have right now is a launch date, but we definitely want to do build a community for all you guys and create a soul tribe. Because it's so funny. We keep running into people who are like interested in the podcast and 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 what we talk about, but they need kind of a little bit more support. And this community is meant to provide that. Um, also, if you guys aren't following us on TikTok, please do, because we're going to start promoting some of these episodes on there. And I think I'm going to promote this one too, because it's kind of juicy. Oh, you know, the whole Archangel thing is, I don't know what it is about Archangels. People are obsessed with Archangels. So they gonna, are, but what makes your story so fascinating, which Chiara didn't mention, and if you have to cut this, fine. Um, her story, what makes her story even more fascinating is that technically her little relationship, I guess is what we'll call it, is a for- it's technically a forbidden love. Well, yeah, I mentioned that in the beginning. No, but you didn't use forbidden love. You kind of well, danced no, around. Didn't. You danced around it. I didn't use that term, but yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah, but uh, forbidden, but forbidden love just sounds so much more intriguing. Well, sure. It sounds like one of those raunchy romance novels that everyone is obsessed with. So right. I- so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why we're not using those terms. That's exactly my point. <laughs> well, so. Uh, we're going to start posting about some of these episodes on TikTok. Um, if you guys aren't following me, my handle is it's me, Miss T. So Miss T, M-I-S-S-T. And Allie, what's yours? I'm constantly changing it. But right now it's like, I think it's Miss A, Powerful Empath. Okay. So please do follow us on TikTok. I'm trying to get to a thousand followers. And it's funny, like I've been gaining followers and I haven't posted a thing for months. So something's working. <laughs> um, but no, I'm starting to get, we're going to get relatively active on TikTok here. And, you know, the goal is to push out the podcast, to push out some of these episodes. 
we would love if you guys could support us in that regard as well to spread the word far and wide in regards to this podcast because you know we do put a lot of time and energy into this and a lot of the stuff is meant to help you guys so any support you can give as far as you know following us on social media and helping us spread the word would be absolutely fantastic and we also are on instagram like under the goddess vibration yes please do follow us there as well goddess vibration studio to be exact yes absolutely all right you guys so next time we are going to dive into another inner child wound our last one i promise it'll be yeah it'll be our last one for this series um we're gonna do another series too later down the line which is gonna cover a conspiracy series oh my god i'm so excited about that too oh man um conspiracy theories we know things we know a lot of things yes yes we do um and the good thing about it is that we're fortunate enough to have the ability to verify some of this information so you guys are going to get facts from us well you can't really call conspiracy theories facts but we will try to add clarity and detail and depth to some of those to the best that we can i can't wait i know i'm really excited so um stay tuned for that you guys And thanks so much for tuning in again to another episode. Like I said, we really appreciate you guys supporting us, listening to us, spreading the word far and wide. Um, We've got so many great things in store for you guys. So um, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you guys. And have a great week. And again, I'm I'm sorry if the story confused you. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully as time goes on, stuff will start to like, make a little bit more sense to you guys this won't be the last time we'll just be discussing this so most likely um, not yeah so just just stay tuned it it's it gets better it it gets better <laughs> I promise. all right everyone well thank you guys again and please stay tuned and everyone have a great week all right take care you guys goodbye bye-bye